Welcome to the Missions Podcast, the show that explores your hard questions on missions, theology, and practice to help goers think and thinkers go. I'm Alex Kochman, Director of Advancement and Communications with ABWE International, joined live from the campus of Cedarville University by some friends, Scott Dunford, of course, who you know, who is our pastor of Redeemer Church in Fremont, California, and also West Coast Advancement Coordinator with ABWE. And Josh, I'm going to have you introduce yourself. I don't want to take away your thunder. That would be great if you could introduce yourself. Sure, yeah. Josh Bowman, and I am an assistant professor of missions and theology here at Cedarville University. Serve with the IMB before that in both Zambia and South Asia. So about 17 years. My wife's Amy, and we have four children. All right. So tell us a little bit about yourself beyond that. Like, how, what, what brought you into missions? How did you get engaged in, in missions? And then, like, the difference between being in Africa versus being in South Asia, can you explain that to us, too? Yeah, like, how, how, did you, how did you go from one to the other? Sure. Well, I think I got involved in missions because I had great people who discipled me, um, really from high school, and who challenged me, will you be willing to go anywhere and do anything that God would ask you or call you to do. So began saying yes, not knowing all that that would entail and maybe thankful that I didn't know. So after time of preparation in seminary, um, really wanted to go to a place that was open to the gospel and where I could be mentored really well. And God answered that request and really put us out in the middle of nowhere. So the little place where we lived maybe had 200 houses that had electricity, but most of our ministry was in um, rural mud hut, grass roof, going into the village. And, you know, ministry look there looked like going into a village every single week um, with maybe a few other nationals and doing a lot of chronological Bible storing mm-hmm. until they got to the point of forming a church. And then multiple churches were formed and then they began planning churches with me and then really trying to disciple them up and um, with the intention of kind of passing the baton early and leadership to them. Wow. So what took you from Africa to South Asia? That's a big jump. Yeah, don't ask me which one I like better because I don't like the question. <laughs> um, people like to ask our kids that. So it really was a time of- I know which food you of, like better. Do you? No, no, maybe I don't. Probably. I know what I like I better. Maybe, so okay. maybe South Asian, but <laughs> okay. we like both. Okay. Um, I think it was a realization that just the amount of lostness in the world. My wife, Amy, had always grown up with the map of India on the wall and had prayed for that. And God had always burdened us for kind of that 1040 window and maybe um, South Asia in particular. So God brought around, excuse me, God brought back around that desire that was there early on. So we began to tell Zambians, there are 14 million people in your country. There's maybe a million or two that are believers. And I can remember, we didn't go to Bangladesh, but I can remember on a whiteboard putting 160 circles representing the 160 million people of Bangladesh and like coloring in about half of one and looking with them. So they actually sent us off and encouraged us as we went to like, okay, the task in this place is not done, but our time in this place and for our family is finished. Beautiful. Question with that. So you were sent out as a missionary from the U.S. originally. So what were the differences in that experience from being sent out from the U.S. as a missionary and being sent out from Zambia? And there's a lot that we can do to learn how to send better. Maybe there's lessons we can learn. No, that's good. Um, You know, I sat around and asked them, You know, we had served eight years there in Zambia and sat around with the leaders and it was like, can you do the task if we leave? What's going to happen? And they continued to affirm, thank you for coming. Like, we love you. We don't want you to go. But the work will go on. 
and we can do this. And we work towards this. We entered in the very beginning. This is a small rural place. There were maybe 20,000 people in the district. So we got up to, I don't know, 12, 13, 14 churches. And they had a vision for what to do and how to do it. They were connected with other Baptists um, in the country, other believers and other missionaries. So they weren't being left alone, even though we were kind of kind of going far away. Whereas when we left America, it wasn't like a question of, could the church survive without us? Well, of course it would survive. They were pretty strong and healthy. So that was really, really encouraging to see to go with their blessing. So you've had a ministry for seems like everywhere you've gone of equipping and discipling. You've even written for the ABWE blog on, on discipleship, particularly of Hindus. I'm, I'm very interested in that because we live in an area where um, not quite a majority, but probably a plurality of the people in my city are Hindu. Um, and, uh, and so I'm just curious, uh, <laughs> Alex teases God, me. curious a lot. He says that's a sin that I'm curious and I Hang just on. disagree with that. We'll get to that. Okay. Okay, okay. Um, so I'm inquisitive. Uh, okay. What are the differences between that you saw in discipleship of like a believer in Zambia versus uh, a Hindu believer in South Asia? No, that's good. I, I think the issues and a lot of where we were in Zambia was trying to convince someone who thought they were okay that they weren't. Mm. So there was a lot of Catholicism. Um, they called them white fathers had been there for almost 200 years. And then, of course, that was mixed with witchcraft and just local beliefs and all those things. So that was kind of one level of it. Okay, you're you're maybe not okay. There's a lot of Pentecostalism. There is that as well. Absolutely. So then um, in Hinduism, where people are hungry and are excited about Jesus, but also when you get to that exclusivity of the gospel, especially before they believe, that is the issue, um, to draw in the line in the sand. and also just in the big difference in South Asia is that um, there's just so many people. Uh, they're just everywhere. So it's absolutely mm-hmm. overwhelming when you see lostness everywhere. Yeah. And when you see people literally bowing down to idols. So just the spiritual warfare, the darkness, and even just think about how do you go about the task? Not that it was manageable with 20,000 and villages everywhere that were separated and geographically, they were just hard to get to and transportation and just to get around. Um, so how does that inform what you're doing here now at Cedarville? Yeah. Teaching students about missions, willing to mobilize people. I'm sure you have people that come in that are already excited about missions, other people kind of apathetic. You know, how, how do you do that? You lay on the guilt, what do you do? What do you do to kind of open their eyes? Because they're, they're not there, they don't know all that you've seen, right? But maybe, yeah. maybe definitely sharing that laying on the them. guilt, right? That's the first <laughs> There's thing. a little guilt in there. Laying on real heavy, um, real thick. I, I think one thing we want to do is meet people where they are. I've seen so many angry missionaries who get frustrated because people just don't have a heart for missions or they don't love the nations. Well, maybe one, they don't know, maybe they've not been encouraged. So Mm -hmm. I think by pointing people one to the need, but also increasing their awe of God and what God says about the nation. So yes, it's both relationship with him, um, but also a heart for the nation. So exposing to them to that. So no, not not laying on the guilt, but I think laying out the opportunity and God's vision for the nations. And when our students here are walking with the Lord, they catch that pretty easily. And I think it's fun because with the Bible minor, we get to influence students. I have nursing students in my evangelism class. I love it. They don't have to take that class. They're interested in sharing the gospel and they want to go. Yeah, it's one of the things we if you go all around the ABWE world, you find Cedarville grads, mm-hmm. and and especially in, in, in ne- not necessarily just the pastoral and missions or cross-cultural ministries majors. So you were talking to us a little bit off air about about the the way you think about training students for mission. Can you kind of explain that for us? Right. 
Yeah, we don't want to be random in our mission classes. Yeah. So we've got something like cross-cultural ministry and then they'll get a world religions and an evangelism. We want students to see how this fits together. So in each one of our classes and even in our introduction to mission, we wanna make sure they have a strong theological and biblical basis for that. So it was Galen Van Rienen, who it's the missional helix he calls it, where you begin with theological reflection. So we wanna make sure students, and maybe they're, um, their heart is torn when they see brokenness and lostness and maybe even physical needs. That's a great thing. We want to make sure that has a theological grounding to see what people's true condition is. So that's going to be the foundation of where we start for everything. But we also want students here to get a historical perspective. So many of the issues, even money and missions or rapid growth or many of these issues, this isn't the first time we've thought about them in the last 10 or 20 years. These have been questions or what has happened maybe in missions between the apostles and maybe William Carey. Actually, a lot has gone on there. And some of those things that we should replicate and maybe others that we um, should not. We also want students to have cultural awareness because they may have a great understanding of history. They may have a heart for the Lord and know, but if they have no understanding of culture, they may go and not thrive there. They may go and die just because they don't know how to deal with people effectively. A real zeal for the Lord, but a zeal for the Lord doesn't always communicate in another language or culture. And ultimately, I mean, I think back to, um, you know, my time as a team leader on the field. And the last part of that is, so theological reflection, historical perspective, cultural analysis and awareness, but strategy formation, like we need to do something and we need to know what to do and how to do it. So I think as a missionary on the field who received lots of short-term teams Mm -hmm. and also other young couples and singles who would come out, how would I want them to be prepared? So when they hit the ground as much as possible, they can actually be effective. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's one of my goals, thinking kind of wearing that team leader, missionary leader hat, strategist on the field, um, but also because I'm not been in the academy in my whole life. We have a role right. to play. We should partner with the local church and um, ultimately serve, yes, the church and the missionary team that we're sending them to. Yeah. So last question here, what excites you that you see among the missions students at Cedarville? Yeah, and they just, um, they want to learn, they want to talk and they, um, they want to go. They're willing to do kind of whatever we ask them and they want to hear the word. One of the things that excites me here at Cedarville is I remember one chapel where Dr. White was just going to give um, some announcements and other updates and things. And when they realized he wasn't going to preach, there was an audible gasp and disappointment. They want to hear the word. So um, the other thing that excites me is I find students all the time who want to serve overseas or in missions, but they're not a missions major. So we have business majors and nursing and engineering and all of them. You so, can't use those overseas, though. <laughs> right? <laughs> Maybe that's another <laughs> podcast. Um, but I think there's a real excitement, and you can't just measure what's going on in missions here at Cedarville just by those enrolled. Maybe in our major. Yeah, right. love that. Very good. Well, Josh, thanks for being here today, and we are coming live from Cedarville University. I encourage you to check it out. If you're looking for a place that's missions-minded, that's teaching the word, got some exciting programs going on here. To get more content, you can go to missionspodcast.com and you can subscribe on your podcast app of choice. Remember to subscribe, but also to rate and leave a positive review. That'll get this content in front of others who can hear it. And also, if you believe in the work of Missions Podcast, if it's been a blessing to you, you can support us now. Go to missionspodcast.com slash support. That'll help, help us offset some of the cost involved in bringing you this content and hopefully multiply that blessing for other believers who can be helped by it. So until next time, thank you for joining.